The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is a Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. We're in the midst of a new series titled The Miracle of Tithing based upon the book of the same name by Mark Victor Hansen. It's a small little book, and my request is that you get the book and study along with it. You might say, well, I don't want to be a tithe. I don't want to be whatever, but it's part of understanding universal principles because as I stated last week, what the book really teaches you and what the practice of tithing really teaches you is how to work with the law of giving and receiving. Now, what does that mean? That means that as what we are creating through the through the practice of tithing is a consciousness of abundance, a consciousness of giving. Where we learn how to uh, trust God as the source, how to put our finances in divine order, and learn the attitude or consciousness of giving, which allows us to receive. And as we know from you know, planting and things of that nature, what you plant as a seed comes back as a harvest with more seeds in them for you to plant. So as you give, you create the culture mentally and through your experience of giving. So that's important. So if you didn't get the book, I would again strongly suggest you can get the book on Amazon.com and I'm sure many other places on the internet. It's this, uh, the second edition. It's a green cover. So if that helps, that's the version I'm reading from. And I'm teaching it chapter by chapter. I'm not going to cover the material that I covered last week because that was for last week. The one thing that I do request is that if you have questions about tithing or you want to make comments about tithing, um, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. So we can discuss them. Call in, because I'm live right now. Obviously, you listen to this on podcast later. It won't be live, but if you're listening live, you can call in at 816-251-3555. 816-251-3555. One more time, 816-251-3555. I'm available for your calls. I'm available for your comments. And I want to see what your beliefs are about tithing and why. I think it's important. Obviously, I'm teaching teaching something I believe in. The question comes into play is, what do you believe and why? And I think it's open for discussion. So let's get to it. So the second chapter is how tithing changes us. And I think this is a really important chapter because one of the things that we have to realize is the things that we do affect us. The things we think about affect us. The things we consistently feel affect us. The things we consistently say affect us. 
They influence our trend of thought. And through action, you are actually practicing what you think and what you feel. And, and minimally, the conversation is going on in your head. So tithing will change you. It will shift your culture. It will help create a paradigm shift or, or a new context to which you can see God as the infinite potential of good that works in your life. Now, the book starts off by saying, what are the universal laws and how do they work with tithing? He says on page 31, since the beginning of time, certain universal truths were set in motion that provide a constant, uniform, and orderly method to the way the world works. These laws work in and around us no matter what we do or how we think. Now, he gives his explanation of how he understands universal law. What I always try to tell people is when you start talking about spiritual principles or universal laws, it's like looking at the elephant and you're the four blind man and you say, okay, it feels like a snake because you have the the trunk or it feels like a tree because you're holding on to a leg or it feels like a wall because it's, you know, you know, on the side or whatever and however that story goes. Well, I believe it's the same way when people start talking about universal principles, they have their own ways of explaining and defining them. But they all still go back to the basic premise or understanding of universal law, which is the law of mind action. Some people say the law of mind in action, which is thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. Anybody's listened to this show for a while know that I always go back to that basic definition because that's the one we have to get. Thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. Another way of saying that is like begets like. Not just attracts like because people hear law of attraction. But like begets like. For instance, my parents beget me to use that terminology. In other words, my DNA carries the DNA of both my mother and my father. And what I'm saying is our life, world, and affairs are the begetting of consciousness. But here's the trick. It's not a trick but it's, I'm just using that metaphorically, the term. Most of our begetting is unconscious. And conditioned by culture. So depending on your culture, your begetting will produce things that are just the recycled thoughts, feelings, and ideologies, beliefs, etc., of the culture that beget you. In other words, you look from a perspective. You look from the perspective of gender. You, you can look from the perspective of religion. You can look up from the perspective perspective of age. You can look from the perspective of nationality. You can look from the perspective of race. You can look from the perspective of orientation. You can look from the perspective of financial status. 
You can look from the perspective of uh, the status of your health. You can look from the status of pop culture. You can look from the status of your individual family, how you were raised, what you were raised around, what you were exposed to, what happened to you, what didn't happen to you, etc. And those things become the subconscious, unconscious producers of life. So one of the things that new thought teaches and the system of tithing, which is not new thought, that goes back to ancient days, through ancient Hebrew practices, and I'm sure other practices as well. I'm only teaching it from the context of, of Western society right now. I don't want to drill down on all the different religions. But what it does is it creates intention. So much of our lives are unconscious. So much of our lives are, we live our lives so unconsciously and unintentionally that most stuff just happens and we react to it. I really want that to land. Most things just happen and we are reacting to them. But what ends up happening is through that reaction, we never really get down to the brass tacks, as they say, of what it is that we really want. What is it that we really believe and what's our true intention for life? He says, well, what does tithing have to do with that? Because tithing is based upon a few premises. One, God, it all belongs to God. That's the first premise. We talked about that last week. It all belongs to God. So what is this? Sh- it's shifting your thinking from, from relying on human resources to divine resources that just happen to function through human resources. Two, it gets you in the consciousness of, of God as the source. Three, it gets you in the consciousness of systematic giving. Four, it opens you up to systematic receiving. So the practice of tithing helps you work with the laws that are already set up to work. So he he defines, and again, these are his his terms. Everybody explains these things differently, but I do want to be in integrity with how he teaches it. Again, I'm thoughts held in mind produced after their own kind. He calls them the law of energy becoming reality. He says energy moves into physical form. What you give out in energy, your tithe materializes in physical results. So he's looking at it from the standpoint, is your giving showing up as your expression? Then he says, the law of vibration slash attraction. Everything in the universe vibrates, nothing rests. Your thoughts and subsequent actions are vibrations that you send off into the universe, which in turn attract like-minded energy and vibration to you. So what he's saying is through the law of attraction, you are sending out or radiating, as Catherine Ponder would call it, a particular state of consciousness that, that seeks its correspondence 
and then attracts it back to you. So as Catherine Ponder would say, what you what you radiate, you attract. That's a good affirmation. What I radiate, I attract. What am I sending out? What I radiate, I attract. What am I sending out? What I radiate, I attract. So am I sending out thoughts of abundance? God is the source of my supply. It all belongs to God. And through my practice, I'm showing that I believe it. Therefore, I'm radiating or as he says, vibrating this consciousness of abundance that brings back possibilities and opportunities that are consistent with the consciousness that I've developed. I want to make sure that's clear. With the consciousness that I've developed. Then he says the law of relativity. He says nothing is good or bad until it is compared to something. For instance, some people have a greater abundance and prosperity than you, and likewise, you have more than another person. Now, I don't know if this is necessarily, I would call this a law. I think what he's trying to get across is many times we compare whether something is a lot or not a lot, good or bad, based upon our judgments and perceptions of what other people have or don't have. So... I do agree that in life, everything is relative on the physical plane of life. In other words, what you are making that you feel as though is is not enough might be overwhelming abundance for another person in another area of life. You know, I jokingly say to a buddy of mine, you know, when we were, you know, pushing carts at the grocery store as teenagers, that we pray for the people that we are today. And it's amazing at times when you have to catch yourself and think about yourself as a teenager working at the fast food place or working at the, you know, uh, grocery store or doing knickknack jobs, you know, just to pay for some extra stuff and some gym shoes, you know, to buy you some Air Force Ones or some Air Jordans uh, back in the day or some Jordan gear. As my buddies and I used to save up our money and and and, and take the uh, the train and the bus to go to an area in Chicago where we could get that stuff on the cheap. And it's all comparable to what other people are doing. So what ends up happening is if, if well, let me just put it this way, because I don't want to get lost in what I'm saying and drill down too deeply on this. Stop comparing yourself to others, but use others as an inspiration. If they, if they give you the idea of, I can, I can express more of God's abundance in my life. There's a bigger life. Use people as inspiration. Not as judgments against you. Again, use people as inspiration. And if you're in a position that's greater than somebody else, then you might be the inspiration for somebody else that they can make it. Model it and model it well. And let them know that that you're not standing pat and you're con- you, that, and that you want to grow and evolve and give people a greater uh, vision for themselves through your life. If you're inspired by somebody, take a look at their life and what they do and how they give. You'll be surprised. Anyway, back to the book. 
he says the law of polarity, everything has an opposite. Opposite. If something bad happens in your life, there has to be something good about it. It's how you look at the situation that makes it bad or good. Yet again, I don't know if I would call this a law as much as as how perception works. I would say it this way, and this is me, and again, he has a right to say it his way. I have a right to say it my way. Uh, not disagreeing, just using different terminology. I believe that we name everything that comes into our lives based upon the consciousness that we have. Therefore, we give meaning to life, to our lives. And since we give meaning to life, we get to name it. So we get to name it good. We get to name it bad. We get to name this empowering. We get to name it disempowering. We can call it a lesson. We can call it a breakdown. We can call it a problem. We can call it an opportunity. It's all based upon how we see life. So one of the things that that tithing does is it creates a steady ship. So when situations and circumstances happen in life, not if, but when, because life is about the evolution and growth of the soul, so things are going to happen. And that's a different lesson for another day. Uh, I covered a lot of that material in the Eye of the Storm series. So if you want to go back into the archives, take a look at the Eye of the Storm series. And I covered what I just stated in great detail for about nine or ten weeks. And I had the author of the of the book on the last show. So if you really want to work with how do you work with the stuff that's popping up in your life and you're like, what the heck is going on? Why am I having these storms? Take a look at the series, the Eye of the Storm. Anyway. And that's an I with a capital I, not E-Y-E. So again, we give meaning. So you get to give it meaning. I think this is one of the reasons why some people uh, try to work with the concept of tithing and they do it out of fear. They do it out of obligation instead of love and understanding. And then they wrestle with it. Or they get one part of it, but don't realize that that's only one part of it. And what do I mean it's only one part of it? What I mean by that is we put ourselves in a position to where since we don't understand the law, we only kind of half do it. We are randomly giving, et cetera. But we're not putting things in systematic order with our consciousness to make sure that we're being responsible with the other 90%. Because the 10% will expand the 90% if we're conscious and intentional. All right, back to the book, page 32, the law of rhythm. The tide goes in, the tide goes out is what he wrote. When you, when you are on a downswing, know that the tide will change. It's a law and this too shall pass. I would look at it this way again. He's calling it a law. What I would look at it is from the standpoint of knowing what season you are in in your consciousness. There are times when you're in the planting season. And and what I mean by that is you're developing the consciousness to produce the results that you desire. Now, if we all were in the spiritual space to where we can just think it, feel it, speak it, and it happens instantly, no matter the size of the demonstration, then we wouldn't have to worry about things like tide goes in and tide goes out. But we're all still in the process of becoming, and we always will be. And there's a difference between 
what a person at a very high spiritual consciousness level can produce versus a person who's trying to un understand and discover what that means. Lord knows a person who's totally opaque or to or dense to what's possible or what's within them. So it's important to recognize that your consciousness might be in a space to where you're developing it. It's, you know, nobody would give a, a, a nine-month-old baby who doesn't even know how to walk a car and say, here, here's the keys and drive this car. Nobody would give a seven-year-old a car to drive. Is the capacity and potential in that seven-year-old to drive, is it there already? Absolutely. But it has to be developed. And one of the things that tithing does is it helps you develop your spiritual consciousness. Again, the name of this chapter is How Tithing Changes Us. Then he goes through and he has this definition or another law he calls it, the law of just gestation. He says every seed has a gestation period, what I just mentioned. Manifestation into form of physical results is guaranteed to occur when the time is right. If you don't experience immediate changes in your life because of tithing, remember this law. So in other words, if you plant something, you know, and I, you know, my grandmother used to have a garden in her backyard and, you know, she made, you know, she, she would grow her own tomatoes and collard greens, et cetera, et cetera. And you, you plant in one season and it has to, you know, you culture the ground, et cetera. And the seeds start to develop roots. And as they develop roots, they start to sprout out. We have to give our a new spiritual consciousness, an opportunity to develop roots. The deeper and stronger the roots, the, the more it can grow and produce on the top. Things with shallow roots produce shallow results that can be yanked or manipulated easily. But you just don't walk up to an oak tree when it's gr fully grown and yank it out of the out of the ground. But you can yank a weed out of the ground. The roots aren't that deep. But if you let that weed stay there for ten years. Yeah, you're not you're not just walking up to that weed because now it's tall and the roots are deep. So what you want to be able to do is be in a consciousness where you've developed a consciousness of prosperity that's very deep, strong, and well developed. So you might be in a position where, well, I've been working this, I've been reading the books, I've been tithing. I've been listening to the audio programs. I've been listening to Truth Transforms every day or some other program. Truth Transforms every day just sounds better. And I haven't got the re results yet. You're, you're conditioning your consciousness. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed that a man took and planted in his garden and it, you know, and it sprouted up to be a bush or a plant that allows the, the 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 birds of the air to rest on it. One of the things about that story that most people don't realize is that the mustard, um, no, no farmer back in the day would plant mustard seeds around other crop because mustard seeds are produce mustard plants and they grow like weeds. They don't stay in their line. The weeds. Uh, it, like a weed, mustard plants 
will grow into the ground, spread out, and then roots will start to choke out the other crop. So when he was saying that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, he wasn't just comparing it to a small seed. He was talking about a small seed that when planted amongst other stuff, works subversively to choke out or eliminate or transform the crop. So as you're working with the spiritual principles, what's happening in the deeper levels of your soul and that subconscious mind is that it's challenging beliefs. And the roots get stronger and stronger and stronger. So every time you show up as a tither, as a reader, as a praying person, as a meditator, as visualizing your good, speaking the word through denials and affirmations, et cetera, et cetera, you are creating deeper and deeper roots. All right. Uh, last law, cause and effect, he says. When you send it to what you send it to the universe comes back to you. I've explained that over and over again. He says there's no such thing as chance. Everything happens according to law and nothing ever escapes the law. When you give back 10% of your income, you will set this divine law into motion. Qu question is, will you be ready to receive? Will you be ready to receive? Now, this is really important. You know, it's only a few more pages in this chapter. This is a short chapter, but it has a really strong punch. You know, on the second half of the show, we'll cover the points. And if you have calls, we want to make sure that we take them. I do like hearing from my listeners. I know you all are out there. I get the reports that tell me you all are listening. You know, and I do know that there are people out there that say, oh, I don't want to call. And you'll send me messages on Facebook, which is fine, through my Truth Transforms page, uh, which is fine. But sometimes it's good to be able to hear your voice and ask the questions and, and how other people get the benefit of your answer. Because human beings many times have the same questions. And we don't realize it because we think that what we're dealing with is so unique to us. And it isn't. So I just want you to think about that as you work with it. It's almost time for us to take our first break. So come come back ready to learn. We'll be right back. The Truth Transforms with Galen McDowell. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder. 
taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. God is extravagant supply. Get that, extravagant. God is extravagant supply. He brings forth the best robe. He spreads a banquet table, as we saw last night, with good things on which we may feast. He overflows our cup. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing. And then this is what that Unity Correspondence Course said. Why are you satisfied with such meager living when you may have so much? To find out more about Unity teachings, visit unity.org. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. Daily Word has developed beautiful card decks to support your spiritual journey. One deck is about healing, another is about finding peace in troubled times. And the family cards are two decks, one for parents and one that can be colored on for children, so families can talk about spiritual principles together. The card decks are available from Unity. Go to unity.org, then click on Shop or call 1-800-24-UNITY Monday through Friday. Take a trip with Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Central and tune in to World Spirituality. A lifelong student and practitioner of many world spiritual teachings, Paul guides you to the unity and common values shared by all world religions. We really are all connected. Take a journey with Paul and explore our planet's spiritual landscape with insight, humor, and practical advice for all. Join the show with your question or comment right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Back to Truth Transforms. Uh, I'm teaching the book, The Miracle of Tithing by Mark Victor Hansen, and I'm on chapter two, How Tithing Changes Us. Before I get into teaching the rest of this chapter, I have a few housekeeping things I want to take care of. First, the show has a Facebook page, as I mentioned earlier, before the break, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. My request is that you go on the page. If you're on Facebook, like the page, give it a five-star rating, and write a positive review. It helps with the algorithms. It helps get the message out. If you like the things that are on the page, like the post, share the post, etc., so we can get the word out about the show. Two, if you listen to this show on uh, iTunes Podcast or on Stitcher for Android devices, Again, my request is that you give it a five-star rating and write a positive review. I think it's really important 
that we get the message out about the show and about Unity Online Radio. If you listen to the website or whatever, or through any of the different versions, please email them, share them with people, post them on your face, post the episodes on your Facebook page or your Instagram or Twitter, etc. Let's help get the message out. It's really important. You know, let's do if everybody does their part in the transformation of the world. We can do it. But everybody has to do their part. And only, you know, as God is leading you within yourself, what you should be doing and not doing. But my minimal request is what I just asked. Uh, the show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give. The you know the people who who actually perform or not perform or actually host these podcasts, we're, we're not paid to do this. We're giving this, you know. So I think it's important that people realize this: that when you donate, you're not donating so Galen McDowell or some other host gets money. It's background people, they're producers, they're people who have to keep the website up, they're people who have to do marketing, they're people who have to do different things. The hosts are doing this because we love to see people's lives transformed. And we made the commitment to be a part of that transformation. So, again, my request is that you go to Unity Online Radio's website. Uh, I just say unity.fm because it's easier for me to remember. I'm sure it's another one way to go to it as well. Click on the giving or donate button and help support this online ministry. You know, one of the things that I all often say is that you tithe where you receive your spiritual food. You know, and, you know, some of you all also have sent tithes to CUT to support CUT for partnering with Unity with this program, uh, Christ Universal Temple. And let me just say to this, because I've never said it before, I greatly appreciate it, and Reverend Wells greatly appreciates it. So thank you for what you do, you know, and et cetera. Uh, And, you know, a few of you all have blessed me with gifts as well. Thank you. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. And the last thing I wanted to say, I mentioned it last week, but it's coming down the pike that several people have been asking me about, you know, can you, you know, do one-on-one coaching and things of that nature? I'm working on something. It's coming down the pike. Uh, When it's ready, I'll announce it on the show. Now, I am doing, if you live in the Chicagoland area, I am doing a class at Christ Universal Temple and the Johnny Coleman Institute on Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. I'm doing it in two parts. This will be a part one. I'm doing nine weeks for the first part. So if you do live in the Chicagoland area, it is worth the drive. You have to drive two hours to get here. It will be worth it. I promise you because we're going to rock and we are going to roll. Uh, So just keep that in mind as well. We really, really have an opportunity uh, to really make an impact. But the way we make an impact is by taking care of our stuff. If you're consistently always worried about your life, then it's hard to be an agent of transformation for other people's lives. Now, I'm a big believer that you can give while you're going through the stuff. Matter of fact, I practice it. One of the one I would say in my life, the years I've been living in this body, the highest level of spiritual consciousness I ever received, I mean, ever received, ever 
that I'm aware of that I've ever expressed was when my mom made her transition and was and that part between her making her transition in the hospital and hospice and all of that stuff. And then, you know, I still taught my classes. I still did a seminar. I preached sermons and, and I officiated my mom's service. So even while I was in the midst of the storm, I stood firm on the truth that I believed and what I believe she would have wanted me to do. So you can go through stuff and still be a stand for truth. But over a, a long amount of time, it's necessary to get yourself together. And on top of that, I've been trained to do this. So that also helps. <laughs> I've been tra- trained by some of the best. Uh, to play. So, so, so that's kind of the gist of it. Anyway, let's get back to the book. Well, page 33, will tithing change my attitude about money specifically? He wrote, actually, yes, without a doubt, tithing breaks the addiction to money. Now, that's interesting he uses the word addiction because for many people, money is in a way their concept of God. They believe that this is what takes care of them. And we become addicted to what we have and what we don't have or what we think we should have or what we don't think we should have, etc. So he says so many people are caught up in the idea that money is actually an object that can be handled and manipulated and thus be noticeably absent from one's life. But if you read the universal laws above, you should now understand that money is just energy that just happens to move into physical form. But because money is just energy to begin with, understand that you have a great deal of power in utilizing, attracting, and controlling that energy into your life with the law of vibration slash attraction. So what he's saying is that when you start to look at money from a different level, from the spiritual, mental, not just the physical, then you'll have a greater understanding of what it is. In Unity metaphysics and old new thought, old school new thought, we use the term substance, that everything comes out of the substance of, of God, the body of God, God's substance, whatever term we want to use, which is the mind essence or the infinite potential or the infinite possibilities or the no thing that can become all things and everything in our lives. So God's abundance just shows up in the form that we can understand. If you're in a desert and you don't have food and water, God raining down dollar bills from the sky is not going to help you survive because what can you do with those dollar bills? In that instance, water and food would be the abundance of God in your space. So the manna falls fresh daily. The question is, do we have the awareness to see it? Tithing helps create the consciousness to be able to see it. He says it this way, tithing helps you gain a better understanding of energy and motion that both works for a greater good and goes out to the universe and inevitably returns to you. Then he gives a a, a, a testimony. He has testimonies to, from his readers all through this book, which, it, which I think is fantastic. He wrote on page 34, my attitude is this guy named David Berquest. My attitude has improved considerably and tithing comes quite easily now. I hold less tightly to money and feel that more is right around the corner. So if you're squeezing every dollar to death, sometimes that's based on fear. Now, I'm not saying don't be responsible with your money. What I'm saying is 
sometimes the reason why we're afraid to give is because we think we're really going to run out. We really don't believe that God as abundance can show up as infinite possibilities. You know, and, and it's the conditioning around money. You know, I, I have these conversations with some of my friends. You know, I'm still friends with many of the people that I grew up with through grammar school, high school, et cetera, from like age seven, age five, et cetera, in some instances. And, you know, we went to decent schools growing up, you know, middle class black neighborhoods and in Chicago and, you know, and money was never taught. Never. Uh, you know, I, I remember one time in all of the schooling that I had where we actually had one day in the history in my history class in high school where the history teacher just decided to do his own thing because it wasn't a part of the curriculum. He had everybody buy newspapers and he, for a few days, went over uh, stocks and bonds. He, he had us reading the reports in the newspapers. And I thought it was interesting, whatever newspaper he had us buy, because it, it stands out that this one guy who couldn't, couldn't do that more than a couple of days without obviously possibly getting in trouble with the curriculum, with the school, the principal, because of curriculum, had to almost sneak to teach us anything about money, but couldn't, but, but couldn't do the, the way he wanted to do it. I know that because he was my homeroom teacher and as well as my history teacher for one year. And, you know, it seems as though he wanted to really teach us how to balance the checkbook, how to invest, how to save, what is the percentage. But he, he didn't have time to do it. And 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 I really want you all to get this. Most of us learn money about money from our environment, our culture, the traditions, our family, our neighborhoods, what we see around us, what we're exposed to. TV, etc. And because of it, we have a lot of beliefs that have to be eliminated and released around money. It's a hiccup. It's a hang-up because we haven't studied it critically. We haven't studied it objectively. We haven't studied what works and what doesn't work. So one of the things that we have to do as adults, once we become aware that we don't know that we don't know is seek out the information that can help us in our lives. That's really important. Seek it out. Seek it out. Back to the book. He goes on to say, page 34, what are the spiritual and emotional wins I'll experience from tithing? Number one, tithing asserts that you are not the source. The only source and supply of all good is God. Everything you give cements the belief that you are not the creator of your circumstances, that you are a fortunate recipient of God's gracious universe. This is where tithing starts. Customers, clients, employees, 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 family members, spouses, siblings, and your own children are all instruments through which God's supply is being channeled. So that's a very good point. Number two, tithing opens your heart your heart to greater good. Tithing opens your heart to greater good. Goodness can't come into your life until you open 
your doors of giving. Tithing works because it works from inside of you. There's only one doorknob on the door of your heart. Only you can use free will to open the door and give. When you open the door to your heart, everything changes your everything changes your belief. And a new understanding comes about giving. Giving assures receiving. Again, he says giving assures receiving. What is amazing is that giving expands your spirituality, especially when you give in the spirit of love, joy, and cheerfulness from an unselfish heart. So as you learn to tithe, it opens up your consciousness of giving. And I would also say love because you're giving back. Again, to the place that you've received your spiritual support. So that church, that organization or Unity Online Radio or whatever has an opportunity to use those resources to touch somebody else's heart. It's really important to touch somebody else's heart. Back to the book. Number three, tithing demonstrates faith and trust beyond fear. This is so important because the Bible says over and over again, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. I love in uh, the Gospel of Luke, where chapter 12, verse 32, when Jesus says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And we should be saying it's, it's our good pleasure to receive the kingdom. And people try to make that a afterlife conversation or after physical life. Now, let me say not afterlife, after being in this physical incarnation conversation, but give you the kingdom is the kingdom of good, the presence of God with the life, love, wisdom, power, substance, abundantly expressing in your life. That's the kingdom. This infinite potential that's already within you, expressed in your life as an everyday experience. Or as the Lord's Prayer says, thy kingdom come. All right. So he he wrote, you've heard it said before, you're given a fear so that you may be able to walk through it. Now, I don't believe that you're given it so you can walk through it. It's a good, catchy statement. I think what he's trying to say is this. You grow by what you overcome. You grow by what you evolve past. You grow like a muscle through many ways so if you go to the gym and you don't create resistance the muscle doesn't grow so if you're not using your faith to overcome the things that you consider obstacles in your life then it's hard to grow but here's something about overcoming that's really important your testimony of your overcoming helps shape your life and it affects others. Because as a young man of 20 going on 21, I was able to use these spiritual principles to help heal my lungs after I, I almost died from an asthma attack. It was in the hospital for four and a half days and homebound for a week and a half afterwards because my lungs were so damaged. And not to be able to 25, six years later, whatever, later, never to have a relapse. That's my testimony. Nobody can tell me that God doesn't heal. That's a non-starter for me because I know that, as Reverend Coleman used to say, it works if you work it. And I put the work in, the spiritual work in, and I got the demonstration called the healing of my lungs. Now, 
it's important that you have your overcoming testimony. Because when life shows up with other things, you can remember the same God that did this for me is the same God that can get me through this. Your testimony gives you spiritual swagger. Tithing helps develop that consciousness for it. So he wrote, I think in every tither's life, there comes a moment of truth when you have to decide about walking through that fear. We have to decide to rely on something other than our own human ability to provide. We have to step out on God's ability. Oh, that's brilliant. We have to step out on God's ability. Fear of poverty causes people to stay impoverished and immobilized. Tithe, excuse me, tithing with head, faith, and heart faith prevents the disease called poverty from creating a state of mental, spiritual, and financial. Excuse me, let me restate that. Uh, tithing with head, faith, and heart faith prevents the disease called poverty by creating a state of mental, spiritual, and financial prosperity. So by creating a consciousness of prosperity, you don't allow poverty to take root in your mind. In your mind. Mm. That's important. He goes on to say, faith is substantial. It's real or or becoming real. We see that our intangible dreams with faith become our tangible and substantial reality. That's why Jesus said you'll know their faith by their results. Number four, tithing teaches you that service always comes before rewards. Oh, I love that. Service comes before the rewards. People want to get, then give. But the law is give, then get. So some people who are always trying to get don't realize that they're working the law backwards. That's why many times you'll see people who are always seeking to get and manipulate out out of life is of having breakdown after breakdown after breakdown in their lives. Some of the most selfish people I know are consistently trying to figure out why stuff keeps showing up a certain way and why they're being perceived a certain kind of way. Well, it's the consciousness that their consciousness is producing the result of their get before give mentality. You know, I said, I said to a relative the other day about somebody that we know, I said, you know, the challenge I have with this individual is I can't have a conversation with him without his hand out. So in other words, am I having an authentic conversation with you or are you just waiting for the opportunity to manipulate the conversation to get what you want out of me? And if I have to, me, I can only speak for myself. If I have to be mindful of people in my personal space manipulating me, then you can't be in my personal space because I function out of trust and integrity. I'm an authentic person. And if I feel as though I'm being manipulated, then I'll just leave you alone. 
you don't have to have access to my life. Now, when I walk into professional settings where I have to be in the role of minister and I realize people are in their stories, then I can address those stories objectively. But we all have blind spots to the people that we care about. And you have to be mindful or you can get played. Because some people do function as a, out of a give then get, but you notice those get, I mean get then give. But you notice people who are trying to get and manipulate instead of give and give service, they always got stuff going on in their lives. Consistently. Consistently. So, back to the book. And he gives a wonderful story, wonderful story about a a a, a person who named Chip Collins, who had 35 cent. He was on his last 35 cent with a wife and a baby. And he's prayed about it, and God told him to, to tithe it, give it away. He walked to it. So he said, let me read it how he says. He figured 35 cents would not even buy milk for his baby. So he went to a into a nearby Catholic church and prayerfully put 35 cents in the offering plate with thanks to God for all that he received and enjoyed in his life. As he walked out of the church, he still remembers the peace he felt. Within steps of the church, a gentleman approached him and said, Chip, a few months ago, you solicited me for a talk to my real estate agents, and I wanted to hire you. Chip was hired and prepaid the $200 fee that day, which saved his family from lack, limitation, hunger, and deprivation. It also reestablished his self-esteem as a good provider. He has since never swayed from being a disciplined and committed tither. So, Spirit told him, go give. If he would have said, all I got is 35 cents, why am I going to give it? I need to be figuring out how I can add to this. He would have never been in the position to meet the person who 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 was then gave him the $200 that day and then more later. So obedience is better than sacrifice. In other words, if you're told, okay, this is what I need to do, this is what I need to give, go do it, go make it happen. Make it happen. In other words, we have to learn how to trust spirit. One of the statements of faith we have in the Universal Foundation for Better Living is uh, we believe that learning to listen to the whisperings of the still small voice within will ensure that we are guided in the right action. It's one of my favorite statements. We believe, belief is accepted as true. We believe that learning to listen, well, first of all, we got to live. Learn how to listen to the whisperings of the still small voice. In other words, it's not going to be a megaphone shout. You got to still your mind. Let me cover these last few points. And um, well, I can't believe I've actually run out of time. Number six, uh, number five, tithing allows you to discover and utilize your own unique talents. So by learning how to give, it helps you develop a consciousness of what else do you want to give through the, your talents, gifts, and abilities in life. Number six, and you can read the rest of this in the book, your life force energy actually increases by giving. So you're evolving, creating a consciousness to be able to do more through your giving. And again, he gives example after example. Number seven, you become solution oriented rather than problem oriented. And he says basically that by being in the consciousness of giving and God is the source, you create a consciousness that's always focused on the solution because you're a principle-centered thinker instead of a problem-oriented person that's, that's reacting to life. All right. So he goes on to say, and I'm running out of time here, page 44, what is manifestation consciousness and how does it apply to tithing? Manifestation consciousness occurs when you understand that, that something can be manufactured out of nothing 
energy perpetually moves into physical form. The intangible becomes tangible and you can facilitate the whole invisible network with your tithing. Once you tithe, you increase your your increasing energy's flow and movement immediately. It begins to manifest instantly in the same world. The same law can be applied to how you think about tithing. Your thoughts create. They are simply a higher form of energy that moves into form to create your reality around you. So you want to be in the consciousness of manifest, manifesting, etc. So then he goes into some other things about the attitude, about tithing, etc., etc., over the last two pages of this chapter. Again, get the book yourself. I'm not reading the book page for page. You know, my motto is I teach the book. I mean, I teach the book, you read it. So... I'm not reading it page by page, but I do want you to be in the space that you understand that by practicing the law of giving and receiving through the systematic uh, practice of tithing, you can transform your life. So be mindful and know, again, that it works if you work it. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless you. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.